the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, the Feast of the Passover was an annual Jewish festival that celebrated God delivering Israel from the bondage, the slavery, and the death of Egypt. But Jesus gave it a new significance. Instead of being a celebration, remembering the blood of the Passover lamb on the door posts from 2,000 years previous, from henceforth it would be a reminder of the blood of the Lamb of God that was poured out for the forgiveness of sins. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and that's uh, just a, an example of the kind of teaching you can expect on this particular broadcast regularly. Study verse by verse. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us. Pastor Leighton has been in the book of John, and uh, we continue there today. He's actually beginning a new message, and we'll roll back just a bit and get an overview of the book of John before launching into new content. By the way, if you've missed any of these broadcasts, this uh, series in the book of John, you can go to our website and listen to them at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. Now with uh, our beginning, here's Pastor Layton. Uh, Chapter 1 contained the prologue and introduction. Chapters 2 through 12 are sometimes referred to as the book of signs because they describe seven miracles, seven signs that Jesus did in the course of his ministry. And then chapter 12 brings to an end the first section of John's gospel, which has to do with his public ministry. And now we are looking at his ministry to his followers, his disciples, and by extension us. This teaching is found in chapters 13 through 17. It is the longest, and uh, it describes what Jesus taught in the upper room. It talks about His love for us as believers, how we're to live a Christian life, the provision that He has made for us, and the relationships between He and those who are His own. He's on His way to the cross. He has no message here for the Pharisees or the religious leaders of the Roman government. His message is simply and solely for his own. Chapters 13 through 17 form the background for understanding the passion narrative, the narrative of the passion of Christ that follows them. And in this respect, Jesus' washing of the disciples' feet plays a significant role. It's yet another example of John's characteristic technique of writing in layers with both a surface meaning as well as a deeper meaning. It prefigures the crucifixion itself by which they will be cleansed from their sins, and at the same time it is a call to express to each other the same kind of love that he has expressed to us in his death. Now, the modern world's um, description of love is really rather self-serving and narcissistic, Um, And uh, that's really in severe contrast to godly love and what the Bible describes as love. Uh, Instead of tearing others down, godly love seeks to build others up. Instead of seeking one's own benefit, 
Godly love seeks the benefit of others. Instead of serving oneself, godly love seeks to serve others. The very essence of it is self-sacrifice. The Bible's teaching about love is encapsulated in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which reads, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, to love like that requires humility. Only humble people can put the interests of others before their own. In order for us to love, it must be built upon a foundation of humility. Jesus taught that those who humble themselves will be exalted, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 provides this supreme description of love, but Jesus Christ provides the supreme example of love. Of love. And the most obvious way he expressed that love was by dying as a sacrifice for sinners when he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus himself said, Greater love hath no one than this, that they lay down their life for their friends. Paul said, Christ loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice to God. And Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, throughout his life, Christ exhibited love, but that love is most notably exemplified here in the washing of his disciples' feet. In fact, a few incidents in the gospel story so marvelously reveal the character of Jesus and so perfectly display his love. Now, from the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are sometimes called the synoptic gospels, we learn that Jesus had his final meal with his disciples in the upper room, and it was there that he instituted Holy Communion. Now, it's interesting that John, in talking about this teaching, doesn't mention those details. But what is very limited in the other Gospels, John expands upon here extensively, and it's to John that we owe the knowledge of the teaching that Jesus gave at that Last Supper. Let's begin with verse 1 of chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. Now the feast of the Passover was an annual Jewish festival that celebrated God delivering Israel from the bondage, the slavery, and the death of Egypt. It's got its name Passover because the angel of death that was sent by God to bring judgment passed over any home where the blood of the Passover lamb was on the doorposts. That's where it got its name Passover. But Jesus gave it a new significance. Instead of being a celebration Remembering the blood of the Passover lamb on the door posts from 2,000 years previous, 
From henceforth, it would be a reminder of the blood of the Lamb of God that was poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And those who are under the blood of the Lamb of God. And so Jesus uses this Passover to form a transition between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Now, it's interesting because some of us may have the question as to uh, how Jesus could celebrate the Passover meal with his disciples on one day and be the Passover lamb on the following day. How is it that if, if Passover was to be celebrated on a certain day, 14th of Nisan, 15th of Nisan, a certain day, how is it that Jesus and his disciples could, could celebrate Passover, but on the next day Jesus be the Passover lamb at Calvary. And the answer lies in understanding that the Jewish people had two different methods of reckoning days. And their method was different than our method. In our method, we reckon one day as differentiated from the next by our watches. And it's after midnight, we know we're on the next day. But people then didn't have watches. And they didn't have clocks. So how do you reckon one day from another? And the answer is that they would reckon a day either from sunrise or sunset. And the Jewish people from the northern part, from Galilee, where Jesus and most of the disciples, all except for Judas, came from, they reckoned their days from sunrise to sunrise. But the Jewish people from Judea to the south, in which Jerusalem was, they reckoned their days from sunset to sunset. And so being Galileans, Jesus and his disciples would have viewed Passover day as running from sunrise Thursday to sunrise Friday. And they would have celebrated their Passover on Thursday afternoon. Whereas the Jewish leaders from the south would have reckoned their Passover from Thursday evening to Friday evening... And they would have celebrated their Passover on Friday afternoon. And that's how it is made possible that Jesus could celebrate Passover with his disciples on one day and be the Passover lamb the very next day. And the scriptures tell us the hours in which Jesus was crucified. And it was during those hours that the Passover lambs were being slain in the temple in Jerusalem. And the distance between where Jesus was crucified and the temple is not very far. As Jesus hung on the cross, he would have heard the bleeding of the lambs in the temple that were being slain. Now, Jesus declared again that the hour had come to depart out of this world. He was in full control of everything. He knew what God's timing was. He was never a victim of circumstance. And the scriptures here say that he loved them to his own, he loved his own to the end. He was just about to return to his father and glory. And yet, even in the excitement of that taking place just a few days hence, he was focused upon loving his own to the end. Now, the word end there is tell us, and it means perfection or completeness. Now, there's a general sense in which God loves everybody, for God so loved the world for instance, in John 3, 16. But he loves his own with a special love, a telos, 
a perfect love, a complete love. Paul wrote concerning this love in Romans chapter 8 and said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famineness or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Some of the most comforting and encouraging and confirming words found in the Bible. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's in the book of John, continuing a study that we began a number of months ago, and you can find all the past broadcasts on our website at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And make sure you let us know that you listen to this daily program. You can share that fact with us again at highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout, and I hope you can join us tomorrow as we once again turn to the Word of God and study verse by verse. This program is paid for by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.